right, let's, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we're glad to be here. We thank you for this good Sunday morning. We thank you, God, that you've now brought us to the point where we can open up your word. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would give us understanding. And yet, Father, we're here today on Mother's Day with a lot to process and a lot of emotions going through. We pray, God, that we would not miss the point that our lives are to be lived for you. And the only way that we might understand what a mother is, is in your, in your sight. And so, God, we ask that you would help us with that. We ask your blessing upon this time now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, turn in the Bible to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. I want to apologize. Uh, in the middle of last week's sermon, I was telling you so much about how we're going through the Gospel of Mark, and I said that this Sunday we would just be continuing on in the Gospel of Mark, and that is normally how we're going to, to do things. Next week... Lord willing, we will be back in the Gospel of Mark, but not today. I had forgot last Sunday that this Sunday is Mother's Day and knowing what I wanted to preach on. So we are not in, where, not in the Bible where we normally are. We're not in the Gospel of Mark this morning. We're at Proverbs chapter 31. If you didn't bring a Bible, we'd ask you to use one, the black one there in the pew in front of you, page 606. Page 606, and we're going to look at uh, mothers today. <clears throat> mother's Day is a, is, is a special day. And, and, and it's a holiday for us to celebrate our moms. Uh, and, and it goes without saying, as Jake said, that we would not be here were it not for our mothers. And that is literally, we would not be here were it not for our mothers, whether we like our mothers or not. Mother's Day is very uh, emotional for me because I often don't get to be with my mom. My mom lives out of town and uh, and so I miss her, won't get to have lunch with her today or dinner or even go to church with her or even see her, anything like that. But uh, I can call her and maybe even get on the computer and FaceTime or something like that. Um, but it's emotional for me because, as I've said many times, I have a really, really good mom. Um, I feel so indebted to her. I cannot thank her enough. Uh, and, I'm, and I often find Mother's Day approaching and starting to ask myself, what, what, what could I do to make her most happy or most proud or for, to make her most appreciated, right? How, how can I celebrate her the most? What, what might a son do? And then we get to the Bible where, where we're going to be at today at Proverbs 31. We're going to look at one verse, really, verse 28, and even at that, just half of verse 28 and it says in Proverbs 31, verse 28, Her children rise up and call her blessed. And I think that I could do a lot of things. I could try to buy her something really nice, or you know, I could, I could uh, make her something, or I could maybe try to make a trip to where she is. Or I, I could try to do something, but I think I'm coming to understand, of course I'm a parent now myself, that me just being a person, and a man, and yet growing up and trying to live the way she taught me to live, and yet at the same time praising her and blessing her and thanking her, I think would mean the most of her out of everything. And I'm learning that. And in the Bible today it says that her children rise up and call her blessed. And that's what I'm going to preach on. So what we're doing in Mother's Day is celebrating our moms. 
And it's good to celebrate things, right? You celebrate birthdays, and you celebrate all kinds of holidays. And just, just last month, or, or a little bit over a month ago, we celebrated the resurrection with the Easter holiday. It's a Sunday again, so we're still celebrating the resurrection today. We do that every Sunday. And we like to celebrate things. But I found it very, very much a burden of mine today, before I even get started on mothers, to teach the church right now that you need to be mindful when you celebrate. When you celebrate anything, you've got you to remember that people who don't think the same way as you may not celebrate that. Or people who may not be as fortunate as you don't know how to celebrate that. And I think it's a good time for the church to realize this. It's good to celebrate things. By all means, am I not saying we don't celebrate things or we're not going to celebrate mothers? We are going to celebrate mothers. And as soon as I get into it, I'm going to preach on what, uh, why her children rise up and call her blessed. That's what I'm going to preach on. But I do want the church to understand, especially living in this age where everybody is ultra-sensitive, right? We hesitate to say anything that we think or believe or even voice our opinion because more bad will come from it because of so many people who disagree. Here's what I mean, church. On a day like today where we celebrate mothers, there's a lot that we need to be thinking of, a lot that we need to be considering. Let me tell you that there are many women today who may be mothers and may not be mothers who don't enjoy this holiday. And if there's anybody in the world that needs to be aware of it, it ought to be the church of the Lord Jesus. It ought to be the people of God, right? Here's what I mean. I want to list off for you a list of people that you need to be mindful of today. The woman who is struggling to get pregnant. Mother's Day would be a challenge for her. The woman who has recently miscarried. She thought she was going to be a mother, and turns out now she's not. The woman who lost a baby at birth. This day is more painful, and yet we're here all smiles, right? The woman who is single and wants to be a mom. The woman whose own mother abandoned her. Just the idea of Mother's Day causes many to think, I no longer have a mom, or my mother wants nothing to do with me. The woman who has recently lost her mom. It's difficult to handle on Mother's Day. The woman who has a broken relationship with her mother. The mom who has lost a child, whether recently or years ago. The guilt-ridden mother who had an abortion. The mom whose husband has abandoned her and the children. She especially feels the weight today. The single mom who oftentimes is feeling like this is so overwhelming. The single mom who often feels like this is so overwhelming. As a church, we are to be the people, listen, who understand that God wants us to live well. God wants us to be the people in the world making society a blessing, wanting to be able to help in any and every situation. We studied this week in our men's and women's Bible studies in the middle of the week from Titus chapter 3, and verse 2 says, Remind the church to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Do you realize that the Bible teaches that? That we are to show perfect courtesy toward all people, even our enemies, even those that we don't like, and even those that we're not thinking about, which means we do well to think about them in that situation. And so here at Mother's Day, I want to encourage you 
starting now and for the rest of the day, as you do celebrate Mother's Day, as you go out to lunch or you go somewhere to have lunch at a home, no matter what you do, be mindful that everybody you're inter interacting with may be struggling through this day. Saying Happy Mother's Day to somebody may be very well intended, but it may not be very well received. And we want to be mindful of that. Which brings me to wanting to say that the best thing about being a woman is not being a mom or a wife. The best thing about being a woman is to be a godly lady that knows and follows Jesus. And here today we celebrate that so much more than we celebrate mothers, even though we celebrate mothers. Being a woman, and the best thing about being a woman is to not be a mom or a wife, even though we do hold that very high, it is to be a godly lady that knows and follows Jesus. So with that in mind, we want to celebrate mothers today. Because God would have us to know that if we are going to be a mother, there is a way that we ought to go about it. So today I want to give encouragement to those of you that are moms already. Uh, and if you need some in, in instruction and a little bit of exhortation and some correction, if you've never really learned well about what the Bible or God says to be a mother, maybe today will help you with that. And then for all of you that someday will be a mother, I hope today will be the very the forming of thinking through what God says. There are some great quotes out there uh, about moms. But I want you to hear this one from Charles Spurgeon from 1873 where he says that the devil never reckons a man to be lost so long as he has a good mother alive. What a good quote, right? There's always hope for somebody as long as they have a good mother. Amen. Last night as I was watching the NBA playoffs like I love to do, they had a Mother's Day special commercial where they had all of these different... Um, pro basketball players speaking about their mothers. It was nice. I love to hear sons rise up and call their mother blessed. Proverbs 31.28 says that's what we are to do. And they have a commercial of all of these different superstar athletes praising their mother. And there's one part where it shows the MVP, Steph Curry, standing there with his arm around his mother. And then it goes to him. And with tears in his eyes, he says, were it not for my mother, I would not be the man I am today. Proverbs 31.28, where we're going to go now in the Bible, shows us that this is what happens when mothers lead their children. Her children rise up and call her blessed. In Proverbs chapter 31, now let's get going here in the Bible, it comes to the end. You know the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom, right? The book of wisdom here in the, in the Old Testament, it's 31 chapters long. Most of it is written by Solomon, who the Bible calls the most wise man in the world. But this part here at the end is not. It is the words of King Lemuel. And what happens is, his mother is giving him advice. So this king is learning from his mother. We need to realize that even kings have to listen to their moms. This king is learning from his mother. And then, at verse 10, all the way through the end of the chapter, which is 22 verses, for those of y'all that care... Every verse, 10 through 31, follows the Hebrew alphabet. But beginning at verse 10, she asks the question, an excellent wife who can find, and you've heard of this passage, the Proverbs 31 woman, the virtuous woman, the godly woman. 
But she's asking the question, who can find an excellent wife? What does an excellent wife look like? What should my son, who is a king, be looking for in a woman? If you're here today and you want to get married, what should you be looking for in a woman? This is the, this is the very question that the, the mother of King Lemuel is asking. And then she goes on and she describes in many ways what a godly woman is. And she talks a lot about uh, her personality. She talks a lot about her working. She talks a lot about her wisdom. She talks a lot about what she values. She talks a lot about how she deals with her family. And I'm going to speak about all of that here today. But then when you get down to verse 28, remember, the question is about a wife. The question is not about a mother. The, the Proverbs don't ask us, what does a godly mother look like? They don't answer for us directly like this, what does a godly mother look like? But they do a wife. And yet, in the description of what a godly wife is, verse 28 says that her children rise up and call her blessed. Her children speak well of her. Rising up, which, 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 which would cause us to think really of two different ways. Either, either a growing up, like the older they're getting, the more mature they get. By the time they're adults, they're speaking well of their mother. Or a, a rising up, like she walks in the room and they stand up to, to greet her, to recognize her, to acknowledge her, to honor her. Both fit. Her children rise up and call her best. They praise her. They, they speak well of her. And so, in the context, in the Bible, of what a godly wife is, motherhood is taken into account. Now, again, one of the reasons I began the way I did with us being sensitive to other things is that we know, hey, we know all so well, that to be a wife doesn't necessarily mean, mean that you end up being a mother. To be a wife does not necessarily mean that you end up being a mother. And so, I want to be sensitive to that. But if you are to be a mother, what type of a mother should you be that results in her children rise up and call her blessed? I opened by saying that I think I've learned that perhaps more than anything else, my, my mother's appreciation would be for me to just speak well of her, to say thank you to her, to be appreciative of who she is. And so today, I want to ask, why do the godly mother's children rise up and bless her? What is it about her? What is it about a godly wife or a godly mom, mom that causes her children to stand up and speak well of her? And I want to give you five observations from this section here in the Proverbs. Five observations of what a godly mother is like and why her children rise up and bless her. Now let's remember that this is the Word of God. We don't come to the Word of God with our own opinions and wonder if God happens to be right in this passage. We come to the Word of God saying, God, you're God. What you speak is truth. We ask God to mold our hearts and to mold our minds around His truth. To think that we know more than the Word of God is to make us God and make God us. What an error. So we come to the Word of God today saying God knows what a, what a good, godly wife and mother looks like and so we want to look to it. Five observations of why her children rise up and call her blessed. Number one, she is good to her children's father. She is good to their dad. She is good to their husband. I want you to see this. It's all throughout. Look at verse 11. Turn back to verse 11. You're going to keep your finger right here and we're going to see. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of game. This lady lives in such a way that now her husband is drawn to her. Trust is not, is not something that just means he, she makes him happy. 
Trust is something is that he is glad that she makes him happy. He is comfortable that she makes him happy. He believes that, that she makes him happy. The husband trusts in his heart, trusts the wife. Look at verse 12. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. What a comment. What a comment. This lady lives in such a way that the man recognizes, I would not be who I am were it not for my wife. I've often heard behind every good man is a better woman, and this proverb is speaking to that. Why do her children rise up and call her blessed? Because their mom lives in such a way that it strengthens the dad. It strengthens his trust. It strengthens their father. Look at verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. This doesn't mean that he's famous because she's so famous. This does mean that he excels in life. He prospers because his wife is such a strengthening to him. Most people don't get that at first. Most people think, wow, she must be so well-known that it helps him be well-known. No. His life is so smooth. It's so fluid. She's so supportive. She's so helpful. She's so, she, she creates so much of a, of, a, of a prosperity focus in him to be happy and joyful about who he is. She strengthens his identity so much that when he is there in public, he's not worried or burdened or frustrated or, or those sort of things. Look at verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And look at the next line. Her husband also, he praises her. And then it tells us what he says. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. This mother, whose children rise up and praise her, lives in such a way that her husband thinks that she is the best ever. I've said many times, and I say it every time when a couple goes through premarital counseling, I say, I, I say to the husband and to the wife, you don't need to be the most beautiful woman in the world. You don't need to be the best woman in the world. But he needs to think that you are. That's true. Amen. See, it's fascinating to read here in the Word of God that when God is speaking to what is it about this mother that makes her children be that way, that one real element to it is that she is good to her husband. But let me tell you why that's important. Because when, 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 a, when a husband and when a wife get along well, guess what that does for the family? It makes the family happy. See, it takes a godly mother and or godly father to get this. See, there's a, there's a huge misunderstanding in our world today where we think that our children will be happy if our mother and father are not happy. And this proverb wants us to see that what is it about her that makes her children rise up and call her blessed? It's that she's good to their dad. She's good to their husband. She's good to her husband. I mention it every Mother's Day, but I'll mention it again. Billy Graham remains one of the heroes of the USA. Billy Graham, who has not passed away, he's in his late 90s, is a hero in many ways in the ministry. We love him. We love his faithfulness. We love his zeal for the gospel. We love his integrity that he maintained for 70, 80 years in the ministry. And yet just a couple years ago, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, passed away. And her 
funeral services online. You can go and watch that. And Fernando Ortega was there on the piano playing the songs, and it was awesome. But I'll never forget her children, listen to this, her, her children speaking at the funeral with tears. They said this, she was the lovely, beautiful, wise woman that she was because early in her life she chose Jesus Christ as her center, her home, her purpose, her example, and her vision. And I want you to see that there is a very real element to the success and, and, and joyfulness and faithfulness for so long in the life of Billy Graham of who his wife was, which carry down to their, who their children were and even are. Number one, why do her children rise up and call her blessed? Because she is good to their dad. She is good to her husband. Number two, she is a provider. Why do they rise up and call her blessed? Because she is a provider. Look at verse 14. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She makes sure, okay? She makes sure that her family is provided for. There we have the, the provision with the, with the clothing, I mean with the food. Look at verse 21. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. One of the reasons why children speak well of their mom is because they often say, she's always taken care of me. Mothers are caregivers and they take care of their children. And, and one of the aspects here that we see in this is it, very simple, very basic. Food and clothing, but it's there. Food and clothing, but it's there. And this mother has provided this. I want to ask you if you've taken that for granted. I want to ask you if you realize that your mom has done so much for you. And it may not have been one of those moms that's able to take you to the zoo all the time, but it is one of those moms that's always had you clothed and always had you fed. One of, my, one, of, one of the things I get a laugh out of, one of my buddies here in church is, he's always laughing about how much his mom keeps the pantry stocked with little Debbie snacks. He loves those. And he says, I, I try to not eat them, but mom buys so many of them. Kids often don't think about who buys the groceries, right? There's always Oreos in the pantry at our house. Always Oreos. And the kids are always asking, can I have an Oreo? And every time they go in there, the Oreos are there. Who does that? Mom does that. Mom is a provider. Whether it's clothing or food, in this passage in the Bible, one real aspect of why the children rise up and call her blessed is because she is a provider. Number three, because she takes care of herself, and so often in, 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 in the church, we try to celebrate the other direction. That, we, that the mom never thinks of herself. That she, she's so focused on her children that she never thinks about herself. This is wrong. You don't see this here in the Proverbs. We're never going to neglect ourselves to the point of it being a problem for the sake of for our, for our children. Look here. She takes care of herself. Look with me. Verse 17. She dresses herself with strength, and she makes her arms strong. So she is taking care of herself. She's ready for whatever must come. She is strong. She can do it. Our Eli, our second born, is a, is a big boy, and many times now, he just turned seven, and many times now he will have fallen asleep by the time Val pulls up to the house, and I say, well, wake him up and get him to walk inside. And Val goes out there and crawls into the back seat of the car and picks him up and hoists him up over her shoulder and carries Eli into the house. 
And then I try to carry him, and I'm like, oh, man. And I realize she's, she's strong. In a very physical way, she doesn't lift weights. In a very physical way, that she's strong. Moms have to be strong. They have to take care of themselves. Look at verse 22. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So she makes sure that she is dressed nice. It doesn't say that she's shopping at the mall buying the most expensive stuff, but it does say that her bed is covered and her clothes are nice. Look at verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She is dignified and she is strong. Look at verse 25. And she laughs at the time to come. The future doesn't have her stressed out. The future doesn't have her worried. The future doesn't have her uh, anxious about everything so much so that she's sinful and distracted. No, she is disciplined. She has her priorities in order. She is ready to lead well. She takes care of herself. She understands what is very true, that if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. Don't you know that about life? If you wear out, if you give up, if you go down, who's going to do your job? So there's a very real sense of taking care of yourself so that you can further take care of them. We are kidding ourselves if we think a good godly mother hurts or neglects herself. That is wrong. We also know, though, that a good godly mother has her kids as her priority. There is a balance there, right? There's a balance of taking care of her children and taking care of her. But we see that. She takes care of herself. Look at verse 30. Uh, sorry, verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. She, 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 she does not uh, waste time. She looks well to the ways of her household. Look at verse 30. And I'm going to talk about this more in a little bit. But charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She understands that her relationship with the Lord is the most important thing. She has to take care of that. You are of no, listen to me, mothers. You are of no value at all to anybody around you, and especially your children, if you're neglecting, if you're neglecting your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If anything gets in the way of that, how might you help your children? Number three, she takes care of herself. Number four, she sets the example of godly living. She sets the example of godly living. And I love that, that, that God includes this in this passage. Look at verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Yet in, in all that a mother has to do in raising children, especially in this passage, she's carrying food from afar. She's making bed linens. I mean, it sounds like this lady is working like crazy. And yet with all of that, she still is mindful of the poor. She still has her hands open to the needy. Her children recognize this. Her children recognize, listen, that they are not the center of the universe. Listen to me, because we love to say my children are the center of the universe. No. God is the center of the universe, and our lives center around God. And God teaches us that our lives are to be from Him, and we are to lead our children. And God also teaches us that we are to be concerned and caring for the poor and for the needy. We are to clothe them. We are to feed them. We are to help them. We are to be doing that. The Christian people are. And yet the Bible tells us here with all the other things that she's doing, she is doing that. Undoubtedly, the reason why they raise up and call her blessed is because she has taught them that. She sets the example of godly living. Look at verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household and she does not eat the bread of idleness. She has shown her children that life has purpose to it. There are things to do. There are places to go. There are places to volunteer. There's a church to be involved with, right? There's a job to be done. There's always something. They don't see their mom being lazy. They learn from the example of their mother. Look at verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness 
is on her tongue. When she speaks, they learn. The teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I love I love that one verse in verse 26 of Proverbs 31 because there's a balance there of teaching and there's a balance there of kindness. I want you to hear from chapter 4 what it says. In chapter 4 it says of Proverbs, it says, Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Your mother's teaching. It often says in the Proverbs, your father's. It says there in chapter 4, your mother's teaching. Right? Mothers are constantly teaching their children, whether they're realizing it or not. So she sets the example of godly living. She cares for the poor. She cares for the needy. She has her hands open. She is hardworking. She is teaching them wisdom. They are learning from her. I love to tell this story. I know you all have heard it many times, but I think it to be outstanding. I'm, I'm realizing that sexual things are bothering our world so much. Pornography is such a huge problem. And it's not pornography on, on the computer. That seems to be so long time ago. It's not pornography on your DVDs or, or tapes or, or even on, on TV. That is so outdated. It is simply here. With no hold back, with no filter, with anything, everything you could imagine is in one second away. It's a huge problem. I don't mean a couple clicks. I don't mean a login. I mean one second away. And, and if you were to ask any young person here, they, they would know absolutely. One second away. The worst of the worst. How, how, do, we, how do we handle that? Well, when I had finished the fifth grade, I was going to go into sixth grade during that summer. I was pre-puberty. Don't remember when I hit puberty, thankfully. My mom brought me into my bedroom and she had had a book for us to go through. It was called How You Got to Be You. I had no interest in it at all. But she would turn... She would read. I, I imagine it was a couple nights. I remember us doing, I don't remember how long. She explained to me body parts. She explained to me the full deal. The full deal. I remember thinking, I don't care. But I remember growing up. I remember being in high school. I remember being in college. I remember falling in love. I remember dating. And I remember through it all thinking how my mom taught me to understand those things. How my mom taught me to understand body parts. How my mom taught me to understand sex. How my mom taught me to understand orgasm, if you will, say that in a sermon. My mom spoke all of that to me the summer before my sixth grade year. And it mattered. It didn't matter then. It mattered as I came of age. Mom was teaching me. And the Bible says here that the mother sets the example with her living and her teaching. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Why in the world would mothers go to that extent? Because it means something. Because so much is at stake. John MacArthur says there can be no higher joy for a mother and for her children to grow up to praise her as the source of the wisdom that made them godly. 
my mom taught me is what Proverbs 31 wants us to have happen in our children. Why are you that way? Why are you that way? Why do you do that? Why don't you do that? Why is that the case in your life? Because my mom taught me that. Is a part of it. Number one, she's good to their dad, their husband, her husband. She is good. She, number two, she is a provider. She provides for them. Number three, she takes care of herself. Number four, she sets the example of godly living, the poor, the needy, hardworking, and teaching wisdom. And then number five, lastly, why do her children rise up and call her blessed? Because she understands life. There's such a challenge these days to lose focus. I, I, I would imagine that every one of us regularly say, I just kind of lost my focus. I need to get back focused. I need to get my bearings straight. I need to get my priorities in order. And, and this in Proverbs 31 is clear. And I want you to see verse 30. And I would challenge every lady in the room to memorize verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Can you imagine being the king and saying, Mom, I've got to find me a woman. I need a lady. What, what advice do you have for me? And her saying, don't be led astray by the personality and her charm. Don't be led, away, don't be led astray by the way she walks or the way she bats her eyes. Make sure she fears the Lord. If you want a good wife, if you want a good marriage, if you want your children, listen to me, if you want your children to stand up and grow up and bless their mama, choose a wife that fears the Lord. She says to her son. Now, it seems to be that most, if not all, women who fear the Lord get all three thrown in. It really does. It seems to me that they get all three thrown in. We have sweet, kind, beautiful mothers. But let's make sure we see here that in all of the stuff that's going on in Proverbs 31 about a godly woman, it comes to the very end, verse 30, and it says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. In other words, you go back up to verse 28 and it says her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. And then verse 30 says, but you don't praise someone who doesn't understand life. The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. In other words, the foolish woman lives her life like there is no God. It is the understanding of life to know that life is about God. Well, how do we get God? It's through the Lord Jesus Christ, as I've already mentioned. And through the Lord Jesus Christ, here's what we're saying, that God, in His love for us and in making us and in leading us, made us that we would worship Him. 
If you've never heard that before, I want you to know that the very reason that God made you is that you would worship Him. That's what your life is about. If you're a mother, the reason God made you a mother is that it would be worship to Him. Not so that your kids would be happy, not so that your kids would grow up, but so that you would worship Him and that your kids would worship Him. That's what life and motherhood are about. And yet in our waywardness, we have gone in other directions. And every one of us, not just the the bad moms in the room, not just the good moms in the room, not just the moms in the room, not just the men in the room or the women in the room, every one of us have lived our lives in other directions than for the worship of God. And that's a problem. And yet God in our problem has not left us there, but loves us and loves us in such a way that He sent Jesus. And Jesus is God who came to model this for us. And He lived and He loves us. And He never, he, he, he never wanted us to feel like we were unworthy of Him. He wanted us to feel like we need Him greatly. In the opportunities where Jesus could have condemned someone for their waywardness, He welcomed them in and loved them and told them to turn away from their sins and to repent and seek forgiveness and get right and come to God. He wants them to understand life. And then Jesus upon living, died. Died on the cross, spread out His arms, was nailed to a cross. And yet, in the process, He reminded us that nobody takes my life from me. He could have stopped it. He said, I lay it down on my own accord. God is modeling for us sacrifice and love and demonstration of His devotion to us. And they killed Him. And they buried Him. Three days later, He was back alive. And Him being alive causes us to understand life. Because here's why. Life is full of pain, and life is full of, full of hurt, and life is full of confusion and struggle and all of that. So much so that on Mother's Day, I open up with all these points of all these scenarios of people that we know don't like Mother's Day. That's the way life is. Life is a big, confusing mess, and it hurts. And try as we might and be as successful as we might. We still have pockets inside of us that have questions and struggles and doubts. But God loves us in such a way that if we will turn to Him and away from our sins and trust in Christ, He will make us His children. He will make us fit for heaven. He will wash away our sins. He will make us People that understand life, that life's about God. And Proverbs 31 lets us know that she knows that. Why do her children rise up and call her blessed? Because she understands life. She understands that yes, beauty is of some importance, but not near as important as godliness. She understands that yes, charm is of some importance. You can't be a stick in the mud if you're going to be a mother, but... Godliness is of more importance. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord Jesus and follows Him is to be praised. And the woman who does that has children that rise up and call her blessed. She's good to their dad and their husband. She's a provider. She takes care of herself. She sets the example of godly living. And lastly, she understands life. She knows the Lord Jesus. She knows that that's what it's about. She doesn't see her goal, that, uh, that, that, that her, her goal for her children is not that they would love their dad primarily. Her goal for her children is not that they would be provided for primarily. Her goal for her children is not that her children see how good and taken care of she is or just how she lives. Her goal, listen, because she understands life, is that her children would understand life. 
Her goal, because she understands life, is that her children would understand life. May we not get our priorities out of order. I know we want our kids to be well-dressed and do good in school and say, yes, ma'am, and do all of the things well, but may they not do all of those things well and yet not understand life. For what does it profit a man or your child if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Nobody cares about her love for her husband. Nobody cares about her love for her husband or lack thereof. Nobody cares about her provision or lack thereof. Nobody cares about her taking care of herself or her letting herself go. Nobody cares about how she lives towards the poor or with her work ethic or her lack thereof if God is not who you meet in the end. Nobody cares. And it will be an ugly, rude awakening to see that a mother or a father has failed to understand life when we thought we had made uh, everything else so important. Every once in a while, I like to ask the boys if if they got a girlfriend yet. JJ's in second grade. He lies in first and Noah's in preschool. And uh, Noah went to preschool on Friday, Oaks Day, and out of his whole class, there were only four kids that showed up that day. Everybody skips on Oaks Day, I guess. And at preschool, and uh, he came home and told us he was the only boy there that day. It's just him and three girls. I was asking if they have a girlfriend, and of course they always giggle and say, no, they don't have a girlfriend. They get all cheesy, they don't even want to talk about it. And that's good. I don't want to talk about it either. But every once in a while that conversation will get a little bit further, and I'll ask them if they want to get married one day. I'll say, what kind of wife do you want, boys? You want a tall one or a short one or a smart one or a dumb one? What, what do you want in a wife? And all three to this day say, I want, a, I want a wife like mommy. I want a wife like mommy. I don't need you to think that my wife's the best. I don't need you to think that my wife's the prettiest or the sweetest or the kindest or anything like that. But I need to think that. And if I think that, then my children will probably think that. And God's design is that they would desire that. And may, by His grace, they grow up one day and bless her. Why would they bless her? if she lives this way. And may it be the case for all of us that we understand life, that life's about Jesus, and therefore our lives flow out of that. May we be better men and women, husband and wives, because of understanding life and what His Word teaches us. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank You for Proverbs 31 and the example of this lady. Although this lady is, is, is not a real person here in the scriptures, it's a, it's a person made up by the king's mother that he should look for. Father, help us to be those who understand enough about life that we know what we're looking for, that life's about you, and women who fear the Lord are to be praised. God, help us to never confuse that. Lord, give grace to us mothers and fathers that we would fear you and so parent out of that. Father, I pray that today we would understand that Jesus changes lives and causes us to understand motherhood. Lord, 
Thank you for Jesus being a Savior. In his name we pray. Amen.